Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I never thought that I would say this, uh, but I kind of miss the Northeast. Hi, my name is Cini, and this is Bisaya in America podcast. So I lived in the Northeast for five years, and when I landed here in America, that was the first place I landed. The Northeast uh, stayed in Maryland for a bit, upstate New York, then eventually New Jersey, but worked in New York. It was one of the best experiences of my life and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I had the most magical like four or five years of my life in America. It's truly magical, you know, seeing snow for the first time, building snow angels with my now ex and just traveling, you know, to the northeast. It was really wonderful and at that time it was perfect so i thought that i had met the uh, perfect guy it was magical we met in washington dc that was where our first date was we had a selfie in front of the capitol um and you know our first date was a, a, a strolling uh in the national mall it was i could never have asked for a perfect date so the relationship started perfect and then it progressed perfectly you know when i was in upstate new york my ex like followed me there and then he he hung out with me helped me out um it's truly magical and then when i lived in new york new jersey area he actually also moved there to be with me and I thought that the fairy tale would last forever, but it didn't last forever. So I had to leave the Northeast. It's a complicated story. I actually wrote a book about it because people are asking, like, what are you doing here, like, in Texas? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's a long story. I actually wrote a book about it. So do pick it up if you're interested and curious. It's called um, How to Get Over Your Ex uh, from like something from wholeness something see that that was my i've written a lot of books um anyway from heartbreak to wholeness i think that's what it i'll send i'll put in a link on the show notes um yeah so sometimes something so magical may not be 
you know, may not be sustainable or that's what happened to me. So we did everything together uh, the first five years or the five years that we were together. Um, we got a dog together. And that was sometime in 2016. So we met in 2013. Uh, three years later, we got a dog, uh, Bacon and Sky. So they were, it was nice. We had our own, you know, little, uh, little world and but I didn't know that, you know, in 2018, it will just all fall apart and that he would just leave me for someone else without me knowing. And um, that's the thing as well. Um, what do you call that? Sometimes you really have to respect the uh, person you're with because uh, I would have understood. We We had broken up like you're like yeah we're gonna break up but then we would patch things up so anyway um it would have been reasonable if he had just told me like hey you know i made a mistake i found someone else you know i kind of like inserted the other girl while we were still together but you know um I would have really understood. I mean, as adults, we understand that people fall in and out of love. Uh, you know, I would have been devastated, but I think I would have been okay as compared to just ghosting someone, which essentially is what he did. Um, because it's such a huge disrespect uh, to the four or five years that we had together um, to not just tell the, uh, to not tell me that hey you know what this is what happened i'm gonna own up i made a mistake but then i'm gonna own up to this mistake and then bye you know that would have been a cleaner cut rather than like getting like multiple slices and then not really what you call that not really knowing like where you stand and only to find out through social media research so i did my research <laughs> So I was actually like stalking, <laughs> social media stalking, um, because you have to find answers, you know, if the person just disappears and I uh, actually found out, built a timeline, oh, this girl, and then I knew where that girl lived. So, you know, not that I was going to stalk them or anything. I just needed answers and I just like, oh, so this is what happened. I know exactly like, oh, around this date. Uh, this is what happened and um, I found out a lot of information about the girl but because I just needed answers I actually just lost all that information uh, when I got my answers like I didn't retain them or hold on to them and I blocked uh, my ex's mom and I'm pretty sure he blocked me first before I blocked him um, but yeah, I would still see random pictures. So I did check how he's doing and, you know, you're just curious. Not because I haven't really moved on. I have. Um, but you're curious about the other person. Like, you know, if he just told me, I would have really been okay. Because, you know, I broke up with my first boyfriend before from college. And I really was direct with him. I said, you know what? Um, I can't do this anymore because this is what he did and this is just too much. Anyway, my first boyfriend, he, um, 
it involved money and it involved like um he was involved in other things you know like drugs and he was just dishonest and after being with him i just decided you know let's not do this anymore and then yeah i was pretty upfront about it pretty direct and yeah i stand by my my decision it may have hurt the other person but i was honest so but the thing is i did not expect that you know my last ex would do that to me because you know we had four or five years together and just the disrespect you know you have to not respect the other person if you just lied to them um I, I really wish he would just have manned up and said, like, you know, I messed up. This is what I did. I'm sorry. And let's just move on in different directions. And, yeah. But, you know, the ideal often doesn't happen. But literally, uh, my life is better now. And it actually took a took a course that I never expected it to take like it was like whoa like what's going on here this is a completely different story it's not even the same book <laughs> like you know that they say like oh close chapter and there's a new chapter and you're like I kid you not this is not even another chapter of my old life this is literally a new book and a new life so I built a whole different identity a whole different just everything's different and even I changed too um, and I can definitely say I'm not the same person that I used to be before and um, the things that I was able to discover about myself you know I actually discovered my passion for writing and I wrote eight nine books now just because of that single event that actually literally transformed me and took me to places that I never thought was possible and I'm actually happier now than I've ever been and but I still miss the northeast and the reason why I miss the northeast is you know there's four seasons there it's really nice the transition from spring fall um winter then summer um or spring summer fall <laughs> anyway um it's just beautiful and although i hated shoveling snow and driving in the snow is horrific but you have that four seasons and you don't get that here in texas i mean i appreciate that there's no snow but you know two years now here in houston and i'm like oh sometimes you know i kind of miss the snow so i am planning by next year to visit new york again during winter new york new jersey meet my friends um and some of my friends have moved too away from new jersey new york so but just to go back and to see how much i've changed and I really am grateful that I started in the Northeast because it's like it was a different time. You know, this was pre-Trump. People were <laughs> like not as racist. Um, and the thing that I admire about like the people in the Northeast, they just show up for work. You know, it's like and my bosses, they didn't care 
what the color of my skin was they just like okay you're qualified go boom work you know and that's how it should be like but when i moved to texas i think it started when i moved to the southeast oh no not southeast yeah so southwest i'm sorry um new mexico and then texas i just became conscious of there's a lot of people here are very what do you call that they're very focused on your ethnicity and like does it really matter i don't think so <laughs> but um only in this part of you know america that i felt conscious that oh my god i'm an asian and this just start like um it actually like my eyes open when i worked in a b building and i was told like oh you're the only non-white worker in this team and i'm like what i'm the only i never thought about it that i'm not white i mean i don't go around every day thinking that i'm asian and uh predominantly white society i don't i just show up for work i'm human i'm like i don't think about my race at all but only here in texas that were basically started in new mexico when i lived there that i became aware like oh i i am other you know and it just felt weird because only in this part of america that i'm aware that i'm other and but in the northeast i was living blissfully like i wasn't even like thinking like yeah i'm asian or something you know i was just i just went to work and somehow it didn't really matter um so one of the more racist things that happened to me was when i worked in new mexico and so apparently i worked in so i'm a therapist and uh you know i work with all demographics uh kids to the elderly <laughs> and i was working in this daycare and i was just shocked like you know i would be maybe five minutes like you have to tell them like exactly what time you're gonna be there but i mean like dude it's a daycare dude and you can't like fudge the numbers like if you're there by 9 30 you have to leave by 10 30 or something you know or even if you le leave by um you know 10 15 i mean that's still within the reasonable 45 minutes to 55 minutes of work you know uh that you're supposed to be there but apparently <laughs> they're like they're kind of weird like if you say you're gonna be there at 9 30 you have to be there by 9 30 on the dot and then they kept making stories about me like i'm like um you know like i spend 20 or 30 minutes in the parking lot i'm like what why are there cameras in the parking lot anyway and also why would i be spending 20 30 minutes in the parking lot when i have to go drive like somewhere for my next client and then when i asked the other lady from my my company that i worked with i asked her like um you go to this daycare right and she said yeah and and i asked her like have you ever been late and she said 
yeah, all the time. And I'm like, do they ever give you a hard time for being late? And she said, no. And because, of course, she was white. We're like Hispanic white um, lady. And so I found out um, through, um, you know, um, another Filipino that apparently there was another Filipina that worked there uh, before, uh, worked in that daycare, and she got in trouble because they started making up stuff about her that she was fudging her time, like, you know, manipulating her time. I'm like, how can you even manipulate your time? I mean, someone has to sign for it. Like, it's not like you're signing for it, you know, like, or I don't know. But anyway, that was like the first time, like, I'm like, whoa, dude, this is like crazy insane. Like, they're just watching me. And I felt kind of paranoid. I'm like, really they're watching me in the uh, parking lot that's kind of weird and that was really eye-opening for me because outside the northeast you know um you have to be aware that you're the other you know that you're not you know you're not white or you're not the majority you're the other and that was really eye-opening for me. And of course, there's other, other, um, what you call the experience too, uh, experiences too. Like they would just stare at me. And then I think I went to this random like small town in New Mexico, and I think I was the only Asian girl that just happened to pop up in there. And I kid you not, when I walked in, this um, it was a pie shop or something. Everybody just stopped. I'm like, uh, okay, why is everybody stopping and staring at me? And I'm like, am I being paranoid? But apparently because they don't see, you know, Asians there as much. So yeah, I didn't understand that in a way, but being like, I don't know, just focusing on that individual that is the other, that's just kind of weird to me. And anyway, um, in uh, New Mexico, I was able to meet this. Uh, they were Africans, and they were really nice and friendly. You know, they spoke with me, and, you know, like, where are you from? And then we're here, you know, like, we got to know each other for a bit, and we would bump each into each other at a Starbucks. Um, they were really nice. Um, but the thing was, in my head, I'm like, dude, why, what are you guys doing here like you know because i was afraid for them because you know they're in a place that they're considered as other and then they they're very distinct you know maybe i can hide behind my dark hair but they're very distinct and um i was just aware that these dudes you know they may be putting their lives in danger because they're literally in a place where they're considered other you know and they stood out and yeah that was really eye-opening and then when i came to um i moved to texas um it's kind of weird so i i kind of live in houston but i work in the outskirts of houston and i remember there was this client um and he had a trump flag and that was a red <laughs> red flag there um basically telling me like oh you have an accent therefore you 
you don't speak English because you have an accent. I'm like, dude, really? You can understand me, right? Um, and that just utter disrespect for the other, you know, um, someone that's the other. And then he said something like, oh, you know, they should train people from you before they, they ship you over to the U.S. They should teach you how to speak English. And I'm like, dude, I speak English, dude. <laughs> like, I literally, literally, um, I'm not a violent person, but at that time I was like, hmm, I wonder if I, like, start acting out, you know, I'm most likely going to lose my job, but it's really horrible, horrible experience, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, full-blown racism here, you know, that all all that's lacking is the pitchfork, and, you know, to people that are racist, um, you know, it's, you shouldn't really be racist, we're all human beings, and, for one thing, we don't really have control as to our skin color. You know, I'm um, I'm not at fault that I'm brown. Like, you know, my mom and dad, both brown. Like, you know, heredity, genetics, I'm brown. And to focus on, you know, your skin tone, your skin color, that's kind of, and your race, I mean, that's kind of weird. Like, at the end of the day, does that really matter? Um what it means is that you know certain countries they just look like each other a lot like each other because you know for thousands of years people just stayed in one geographic area like close proximity to each other probably married cousins or first cousins so they look alike right so therefore if their dad was brown their mom was brown they would pass that on to the next generation that's all it means so if you're white it means, you know, uh, you're mostly European, Scandinavian, or, you know, Eastern European. And your parents just had, like, lighter skin, uh, which is, you know, typical of someone from northern countries because they don't get exposed to sunlight. And, you know, the uh, their melanin is not as active as our, like, pigments are you know and, and that's just what it means it's just you basically for thousands of years your family has stayed within that one geographical area and then they just interbred with each other and they kind of look the same if you think about it like europeans kind of look the same you know big noses uh, white skin pale skin <laughs> you know um and one race is not um, more superior than the other. It just means that, you know, for many millennia, they just stayed in one geographical location. And, you know, with the advent of sea travel and air travel, it's just more convenient to move, you know, maybe from Africa to America or maybe from Asia to America. And so... And some people move to Europe. It's just a decision that people make. Like maybe you're just tired of home or maybe you just like to be in a particular area outside of your country. So it doesn't mean anything at all. And your race should not limit you or define who you are because it's just one aspect of who you are. There's so many other things that make you you and unique. Um... 
that's the same with food as well. You know, people, you know, there's regions that drink blood, the cow's blood. In the Philippines, we we eat like blood stew. It's just because the resources in that country are limited and they're just used for maybe hundreds, if not thousands of years that that was all they ate because that was all the resources that they had, you know, the type of animal that they raised and that grew in that region. And then people just developed like a means to like appreciate that food, you know, um, in Spain, they also eat blood sausage, you know, it doesn't make it wrong. It just means that they needed sustenance. And at that time, maybe pork was more available not pork but pigs were more available and maybe in europe when there were there's more land uh you can grow more cattle maybe sheep was more prevalent and or you know the the cows were more prevalent doesn't really mean anything that our our diet and our traditions it just means that that was accessible to them at that moment but with air travel and sea travel you know and shipping i mean people can appreciate different types of cuisines and yeah like japan for example it's just an island so they appreciate um fish more than anything and because there's probably no refrigeration and they just probably appreciate raw fish more you know doesn't make it any any less inferior or less superior than other cuisines it just makes it unique to that region and that's just how we should view it uh, look at our differences it's as something that's to be celebrated because human beings at the end of the day are very resourceful and we will just you know make the most out of the land and you know we just procreate too whoever like a distant cousin is there we're just gonna exchange genetic information <laughs> so yeah and uh, america as well um if people think about it was founded on you know people that wanted to get away from europe you know from their european heritage and but there were people living in america at that time that got displaced and you know it's basically a land grab um but it should be acknowledged as well like okay there were indigenous people in america and they were just eliminated their land was grabbed from them um confiscated basically not even confiscated just stolen from them and to not and then here you are like your ancestors are saying like oh you guys go back to africa or go back to asia what are you guys doing here i mean the question is what are you doing here too <laughs> you know just because uh, you were here first doesn't mean that you know makes you entitled to the land because um geopolitics changes and you know politics changes everything and you know the countries can change they can add territory they can reduce ter territory there can be an invasion or something like that what doesn't give you the right to say like hey you know get out of here because 
people can make a choice to live where they want to live. And yeah, and one of the things that really bothers me <laughs> um, in America is when you speak English with an accent. And just because you speak English uh, with an accent and it's not your native tongue doesn't make you more more or less it doesn't make you inferior than the people that speak English. And if anything, uh, people that speak multiple languages are more, far more intelligent than people that speak one language. Um, and I actually am very jealous that I wasn't born in Europe because I, I did uh, go to Belgium, uh, spent like almost a week there. Anyway, I was so jealous of the kids there because they said, oh, we speak five languages. You know, we speak German, we speak Spanish, we speak like our native, I think, French and then Flemish. Um, and we speak like Greek or something. I'm like, dude, they're very, very privileged because to learn different languages, it's a celebration of how smart human beings are and for someone or a group of people to master at least five languages that's just amazing to me because I only know three and I suck at Spanish and I suck at French I took it free so that's something to be celebrated um, not something to be looked at and you know this superiority complex that oh you know we're the superior race there is no superior race um, because at the end of the day we're human beings we bleed and we're humans and if you remove our skin underneath that is muscles bones ligaments tendons you know our blood vessels we have the same bleeding heart and just human and instead of claiming our supremacy over other people why don't we claim our humanity over people but anyway I still miss the Northeast and but I won't be going back there or to live there uh, not anymore it's just a changed reality I'm, I mean even in the Northeast there's like discrimination against it Asians as well, you know, because everybody thinks that we got COVID or, you know, all Asians are like harbingers of the COVID or, but, you know, we, we got it from here, dude. You know, I, I got, <laughs> I got COVID from an American, not like an Asian. So anyway, I hope like, I don't even know what to title this. Uh, podcast maybe I'll think of something anyway thanks for listening and please do check out my other podcasts um, episodes uh, Bisaya in America
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.